0: Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here, to be able to come together and celebrate what God is doing, what God continues to do in and through us. It is my hope that uh, as we have gathered here, we will experience the presence of God in a new and profound way, that, that we will see that God is calling us into a deeper relationship, that God is calling us into a new direction, that God longs for us to be the people that he imagines us to be, that he knows that we can be, and so my hope is that together, that we can, we can move in that direction. And so if you're new here, I just want to say a very special welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining us, for spending some of your day with us. Uh, our hope is that you will connect with God in this time as well, and, and we realize that we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ, and so we want to invite you into a relationship with us as we join in a relationship together, striving to be more like Jesus, striving to be uh, made more and more into the image of Christ in this world so that we can be His hands and His feet, so that we can share the love, the grace the hope and the peace that God offers to each and every one of us so that we can share that with those outside of a relationship with God so that all of us can come to know the radical love and grace of Christ. That's one of the reasons why we've been talking about this new sermon series, the idea of of a reset. Uh, It's New Year's, uh, and it's, uh, well, not New Year's today, but it's a new year. We're in January, and we're looking at how we can reset our lives so that we can be more like Christ, so that we can maybe take seriously the call that God has on our lives right here and right now, because the truth is we're not waiting for a movement from God. We are experiencing God's movement right here and right now. So if you're joining us online or in person, we're excited that you're here with us, so that we can grow in this relationship, so that we can take this seriously, so we can reset and move toward the God who calls us into relationship. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am notoriously bad with direction. Uh, not, not by taking direction when somebody tells you that, I just mean navigating, navigating I'm horrible at it. When I first got here, we we, we joked about the fact that I always uh, have to have a navigation tool up so that I can get to where I need to go. Uh, and that was a couple of years ago, and things haven't changed. Uh, now I know some of the basic places I need to get to, and I can do that without using uh, a, a Google Maps or some kind of a navigation device, but but the truth is that I need that more frequently than you would probably want to know about. Uh, I, I use that uh, to get to places that I'm familiar with. Sometimes I try and play it off. Like I tell people, oh yeah, I, I'm just using it in case there's an accident, you know, or in case there's something that, that you know, would, would cause my time to be, uh, to be not spent in the best way because I'm sitting in traffic or, or behind an accident or something like that. But the truth is, most of the time, I just needed to get to where I'm supposed to be going. I remember standing in here for the first time and, and trying to point out where the different uh, roads were, and I was just all wrong. I didn't know the direction in the building or outside the building. Uh, I'm a little bit better two years down the road than that, Uh, But the truth is that that I I struggle with that. And and it should be no surprise, uh, because we're using video games as kind of this underlying piece to reset, it should be no surprise to you that in video games, my son makes constant fun of me for having a map up all the time. If they have the ability to have a, a transparent or a, a lightly transparent map overlay, uh, I, where I can see myself moving in whatever direction I need to, and and I can see where I'm supposed to be going, I keep that thing up almost all the time, and it drives my son crazy. He's like, "How can you play with the map up?" And I'm like, "Because if I don't have the map up, I'm gonna get off track. I'm gonna go." In the wrong direction. I'm gonna not be moving in the direction that I need to be going, so that I can complete the task or 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 finish moving to the next level or whatever it is. I just need that additional piece of assistance. And, and I, I I think that you know most of us living life think we're going in a generally good direction. That that we're moving in sort of the right way. To quote Captain Jack Sparrow, we're setting sail in a general that way sort of direction. I, it's from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I love that scene because he really has no idea where he's going. He's just kind of going that away. A- and for most of us, I think that's how we go through life. We go through life in a general that-a-way sort of direction. And moving in a general sort of direction won't get you where you want to go. It won't get you to the destination that you desire. Because most of the time, we intend to make things different. We intend to change direction. But the truth is that intending to go in a direction won't get you to the destination you want either. In order to get to the destination that you want, you have to be intentional. Not just intend, but intentional. You have to be focused. You have to move in that direction in order to get to the destination. And the truth is, it's easy to lose our direction. Even if we have a navigation device, it's easy to be distracted and miss our turn. Uh, in life, it's easy to lose our direction because we allow ourselves to take baby steps in the wrong direction. And it's easy to lose our direction with God as well. I think losing our direction with God is one of the easier things because the world makes it so appealing to move in a different direction. The world makes it seem so appealing that that things would be so much better on the other side. Here, we can run a quick test and see. uh, When you wake in the morning, is your first thought a desire, a longing for God and to be more like Christ? my guess is most of us just wake up and like me want, want to go back to sleep or like me want to get to the coffee machine as quickly as possible. Uh, and, and the thoughts of being more like God and, and, and desiring God and being more like Christ are, are not in the forefront of our mind. Maybe that's never in the forefront of our mind. Maybe we're, we're, we're just content To be happy. That's our hope. We wake up and we desire happiness over holiness. And and the the problem with that is that if we hope to be happy, we're going to find ourselves moving in all sorts of different directions instead of moving in the direction of the destination that we desire. Uh, I can paint this picture for you new clothes. New phones, new cars, all of these things tend to make us happy. Now it's fleeting, I know. Uh, you know, you go to the store and you buy a new set of clothes, even though you have a closet filled with clothes. Why? Because, hey, the new style makes you feel happy. Or you get a new phone that goes a little bit faster, imperceptibly faster than your old phone, and yet it looks cool and so you feel happy. You go and you buy a new car, not because your old car needed to be replaced, but because you like the look or, or the functions or the features on the new car. And for a little while, you feel happy. And, and if our direction is based on happy, then we're doing it wrong. We need to reset our direction. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. God wants us holy not necessarily happy. That doesn't mean that, that he doesn't want us happy. It's just that we will find true happiness in God's holiness. And so we want to reset. We want to reset so that we know where we're going and we know the direction we need to go to get there. We know where we're going and the direction we need to go to get there. Because if we don't have any idea of where we're going, we're just likely to get off track. We're likely to go in a general that way sort of direction instead of allowing God to move us in a specific direction so that we can grow deeper in relationship with God, deeper in relationship with one another and in passionate understanding of the God of all creation that desires for us to be made more like Him. And so we're going to take a look at a letter that was written to a church in Rome. Uh, this guy named Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, uh, writes a letter to the church in Rome so that he can lay out his plan or his understanding of salvation. Uh, Paul was one of those guys that there were a lot of rumors going on about Paul, that, that people thought that he was still, uh, you know, that, that he was uh, not really what he claimed to be, and, and, and there were so many rumors that Paul kind of wanted to clear that up before he went to this church in Rome that he had never been to, and so he wrote them a letter, uh, and the letter kind of outlines and lays out his understanding of what it is to live for christ to to be christian and so he sends this letter out to them, and, and I love it because the eighth chapter of this letter is this uh, this difficulty that Paul talks through of living by the flesh or living by the Spirit. Uh, and, and he wants us to understand that God wants us to live by the Spirit. Our direction should be fixed and found in the Spirit of God leading and moving us, but our, it, it leads to our destination, which is resurrection with Christ. The direction of the flesh, however, Paul says, is, is the wrong direction. And so he outlines this, and we're going to look through all that he says through this. And he starts in Romans 8, chapter 5, or uh, chapter 8, verse 5 through 8. He says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, that fleeting happiness. And the problem with that fleeting happiness is what makes you happy today isn't necessarily going to make you happy tomorrow. And the cost of what makes you happy today might really make you unhappy tomorrow. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. We desire what God desires, and if our minds are set on that, then it can only lead to the right direction, to that ultimate destination. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by The spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, and it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Paul is not pulling any punches on this. He wants you to know that, hey, I I need you to pay attention to this that if you're living by the Spirit, you're doing it wrong. If you're you're living by the flesh, you're doing it wrong. If you're living by the Spirit, that's what you need to do. Because the flesh deceives, the flesh has you move in the wrong direction, and the flesh moves in opposition to God. But living by the Spirit allows you access to the living God, that God will live and dwell within you, that God will move you in that right direction, and you will ultimately reach the destination that God desires for you and that we desire for ourselves. And now, knowing that he's writing to that church in Rome, he he knows that they understand this. And so he says this to them, you, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. Because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Paul is setting a destination. The destination is this that if you live by the spirit that Christ lives within you that Christ will raise you from the dead and provide resurrection in your life even though your body may die you will experience resurrection in Christ that you will come to life in Christ and that Christ will bring him bring you to where he wants you to be to the Father and so that's the ultimate destination. And, and the truth is this, we need to know our destination so that we can set our direction. Otherwise, it's a general that way sort of direction. And, and so Christ says, hey, living by the Spirit Moving in the direction of the Spirit, allowing the Spirit to be your guide and to move you forward is going to bring you to that destination of resurrection, hope in Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. I love that line. We have an obligation, but but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now, I realize we don't talk like that too frequently. If you put to death the misdeeds of the body, what Paul is saying, if you accept the gift of Jesus Christ and you live in that new direction, heading in that, to that new destination, that all things are made new, that, that God in you is overcoming the brokenness that is in the, the, the spirit of sin, the spirit of the flesh that is in you. It instead is the spirit of God himself that is in you, and that moves you in that new direction. And if you put to death, Paul's words, those desires that lifestyle of just trying to bump along and be happy in that general direction and instead embrace a true life in Christ, everything can be made new for you. Those who are led, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, The the gift of Jesus is so much more than just overcoming sin. The gift of Jesus is so much more than just resurrection. The gift of Jesus is being integrated, incorporated into the family of God to be able to cry out, Abba, Father, Father. Help me to cry out, Abba, Father, I need you to cry out, Abba, Father, help me to be the person that you want me to be. The gift of Jesus Christ is that we are brought into God's own family. We are made new, we are born again, and we are given sonship, daughtership into the family of God. And we know this to be true because the Spirit testifies about it. Paul says this, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We can know this. We can have blessed assurance that we have been forgiven of our sins, that we have been brought into the family of God, not because of what we do, but because of what God has done for us not because of the effort that we put into it, because what God does in and through us. We just have to allow God that access in our lives. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. In order that we may also share in his glory glory. Christ invites us to a new direction and destination. Christ invites us to a new life, not, not our old life with a little bit of good into it, uh, not our old life with a little bit of happiness added to it, but instead a brand new life in Christ, a life based on the Spirit of God in us, and a direction set because of the destination we are trying, striving, working, and and seeking after. Now, I get it. This is not easy. Uh, This is not easy because it is counterintuitive to how the world works. This is not easy because this seems to move in opposition of what the world is offering that there is so much happiness to be had in this world. You deserve it. I mean, every advertisement on the television that you watch is telling you, you deserve something better, something bigger, a bigger home, a bigger car, a a bigger whatever it is. Everything is just appealing to that desire. And it would be great. Honestly, it would be great if Jesus said, hey, we should just eat, drink, and be merry. But instead, Jesus says, I want you to take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said, I want you to take up your cross and follow me. It's not going to be easy because we are trying to overcome something that we have fundamentally embraced in our lives, that we desire to go in a direction that is in the opposite direction that God wants us to go, that if we're honest with ourselves, we have to struggle against that, all of us. But the goal, the destination... The direction that we're going needs to be in the direction that the Spirit leads us so that we can be the people that God wants us to be. God calls us into a new direction so that we can be different from how we were because of Jesus, so that we can love more deeply, so that we can live more fully, so that we can be the people that God has imagined us to be. And so maybe you're sitting out there thinking, how can you allow God to reset your direction? Oh, maybe Pastor Steve can give me some deep insight into myself. And um, I realize none of y'all are sitting out there asking that. Uh, But the, the truth is that we have some questions for ourselves that we should be asking. Uh, questions for us that we should be asking because those questions will lead us to understand better because there's no one way that that you're going to understand it and move in the right direction. Instead, it's going to be trying to figure out where you are are holding out on God, where you are preventing God from, from helping you move in a better direction. The question is this, what are you doing that's still clinging to the flesh? What are you doing that's still holding you back? What are you doing that's not allowing God access to who you are? My guess is God has already <laughs> revealed that to you. Uh, God is good about that, that you know already intuitively what it is that you're holding back. Maybe, maybe it's your finances. Maybe that concerns you too much to allow God access to. Maybe it's your relationships Maybe it's how you spend your free time. There are so many things that could be that are distracting you. That's the question that God is asking you, and that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. What is it that we're still clinging to in the flesh that we should be surrendering? And the second is similar to it. How can you surrender your life more deeply to Christ? How can you offer Christ everything, every piece of who you are And then finally, what is holding you back? Is it a fear of change? Is it a fear that God really isn't there? A lack of trust that God will do what God says he's going to do? How can we trust God so much with the destination, but we don't trust God enough with the direction? We need to allow God into our lives so that God will set our destination and help with the directions. God is our perfect GPS. He helps us to move in the direction that we need to go, and it always keeps us on track, sometimes rerouting us around problems, but sending us always toward the destination. And the destination is never just happiness. The destination is holiness, I remember when I grew up outside of the church, I, I sought so much to be made and to, to be my own guide. I, I, I wanted to go after happiness over and over again. I sought to be happy instead of seeking to be holy. I, I sought to, to pursue time and again something new, something that would bring me that, that quick burst of happiness, although it was always fleeting. My guess is you've experienced that as well. And and my hope is that you will understand that, hey, we need to move in a new direction. As as God has called us this new year, let us reset our lives, refocus our minds on Christ, reset our, our faith in Jesus, and reset our direction so that we can reach the destination that God has in mind for us. My hope is that you'll join me on this journey, that together we can be made more and more in the image of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ and for the hope that you give to each and every one of us. Help us, Lord, to be made more and more like you. Help us to embrace the the promise of Jesus, the promise of resurrection, the promise of new life sonship and daughtership into the kingdom of God, heirs and co-heirs alike. Help us to to realize this. Help us to set this as our destination. And then, Lord, help us to kick it into gear, to follow you in that direction. Be our guide, our lead. Show us the way that we should go that leads to eternal life. Let us live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Let us be your hands and your feet and let us love boldly the people that you have called us to and the hope that we can be made more and more like Jesus Christ now and forever. Let us pray this together in the name of Christ and all of us agreed and said, amen.